Guys, we're doing this a bit different, man. We're going live. We're live. We're live. We're live. We're live. We're live. We're live. But this is not the hangout. This is, of course, uh, it was called Raps and Beats, Beats and Raps, Beats, Raps and Raps and Raps. But now we're starting on what's classic. What's classic? This is episode three. I'm sorry that the few other episodes have not come out. We just ran into some technical issues, aka. Um, so for this week, <laughs> we are rolling with. Um, Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Um, so it's me, your boy Double H. I'm joined by Daniel T. And yeah, what's up? Yeah, so um, this is what we're gonna be doing. It's um, it's a, it's a, you see, before I even start, I think it's weird. So I listened to this album like really fully, um, properly because again, whenever you listen to an album that when you're growing up, you don't really hear it fully. Just you see the music because I remember when that's obviously iconic track came out on mtv back when i was in nigeria and so forth but i listened to the album like properly in my adult age like maybe like some months ago and i was like eh, this is not really that good i was like is this really a classic so i then listened to it again like um today you know um and i was going through i was like wait a minute it's actually a bloody good album so i don't know maybe i was in a different headspace when i listened to it but when i listened to it now I'm like oh my gosh i now i now get what this album's about, I now get the vibe, and I think the key thing about this album is that it's a vibe, it's mm. a vibe, and I think this is where actually, no, did what, what came out first, this or Doggy Style? I'm pretty sure it was this. this, 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 this album was the introduction to Snoop, essentially. Oh, yes, there we go, okay, boom, yeah. So, I'm so, so, so this, this, this album came out in December '92, and Doggy Style came out i don't know the month but i know it came out in 93 so this was his introduction okay um yeah man no 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 because um and also he was like 18 i think he was um, young <laughs> I, I, I don't oh, know no no, no because he actually because he actually says in one line he actually just mentioned oh i'm an 18 blah blah, blah. he actually mentions his age on one line so i'm just assuming that i think this guy was actually 18 um so yeah, no, no, no. So, so I think basically the reason why I wanted to say that is this was because I mean you saw what he was obviously what Dr. Dre was doing in in on what in the NWA album and everything. But I felt this was really where he really fully showed his genius as a producer and literally created a sound. Like he he literally just forged is and, and I don't think that we've ever seen basically the only thing I can liken it to is when um Neptunes came in where like the sound was so different and so unique like whoa and they completely changed the dynamic of how music and rap was made so the so that's the only kind of impact on rap that I think I can liken what this album was because I think when this album came out the way he was using synthesizers, um, like I mean, just that that sound because the way things that that shouldn't work with rap because rap was just like you know, kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare, drum, very simple stuff. But he was bringing a whole new element and a whole new different sound effects that shouldn't really work 
but he made this work because normally those things that he was bringing in were more like to do with, you know, the disco era, the synth era that were used by maybe 80s pop bands. They managed to fuse that and make it a vibe, you know, and I think, so all those guys, whether you, you it's, it's a Kanye West, even a Neptunes and everything, that bring this crazy sound effects into their songs, he started this. Dre started that of really bringing alternative sound effects that shouldn't really work into a rap song and somehow making it work with the beats and and so forth. So yeah, that's just really the, the first thing that really struck out to me was um, this, this is one of the greatest impacts of um, a producer introducing a whole new sound to a genre. You see, one of the interesting things though is Dr. Dre, before he did like the Chronic and got with Death Row Records, and before um, I think it's I, I I can't remember I think it's Ruthless Records with um yeah yeah, yeah. And, with uh, NWA. Before he did that, he was a member of the World Class Wrecking Crew, which was a group in the 1980s. I think mm. like 19 mid 80s, right? Um, and he was the producer for that as well. And that was like an electro hip hop old school R&B type of uh, group. So he he's been he used electro in the eighties, and then when gangster rap kind of caught on, he was like, "All right, let me move to that." So he got with Eazy-E, Ice Cube, etc. But then when he was back to doing his own thing in the in the early nineties, uh, after NWA broke up, I guess he was like, "Let me fuse those two things that I've yeah. done together, and then add something new." And when you say it kind of changes the way hip hop sounded. We haven't talked about a West Coast album before. I mean, we've done, this is the third episode people are hearing, mm. but the, the, the reason I picked this album is because we haven't touched West Coast yet. We've done yeah. Illmatic, Reasonable Doubt. We've talked about Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor, which you guys will hear eventually, hopefully. We've talked about uh, Most Deaf Black on Both Sides, which you guys will hear, hopefully. Mm. Um, but this, I wanted, like, each, each of us pick an album. So I, the album I wanted to pick, I was like, you know what, we've done East Coast. We've done uh, an album from Chicago, so let's do something from the West. So um, I think when people first heard this, it was like, oh, so this is what West Coast rap can be outside of mm. um, the kind of gangster rap that NWA made quite famous. Mm. Um, and I think the when, when, when you brought up the Neptunes as a group that kind of changed the sound, the, the, the group that came to my mind in a more kind of New York East Coast context was Wu-Tang. Like, like what RZA did with rap, infusing the kind of, you know, uh, weird samples, East, East, Eastern samples, like from China, Japan, whatever, like how he infused that and made their own sound kind of unique. But, but sorry to cut you off thoughts. I... Would you really say that the sound specifically was as um, no, 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 no. influential as what the Neptunes or Dr. Dre did? I just, I, I think the the creativity mm. of of how they use samples and how they made New York sound a bit different. And we'll we'll get into like the whole content of what these guys are rapping about. <laughs> I find Wu-Tang and kind of West Coast rap, they link in some ways with the whole misogyny and all that kind of stuff. So we will we will get into that, I'm sure. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just I'm, I see Dr. Dre and 
the Rizza as kind of similar spirits in that way. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think they are, I mean, yeah, I think when you look at, because, again, the, um, what's it called, Straight Out of Compton, that was actually a very good film in really just sort of understanding what Dr. Dre was about. Because obviously, like, if you didn't really know the behind the scenes and everything, you were like, oh, yeah, this is the guy, blah, blah, that's, you know, what that produced all the tracks for NW and Honey was like the, the, the man behind the, the the desk doing all of the beats. But I think when you really um, see what he does, because again, again, for me, I'm like a amateur, 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 poor man's poor man's kind of producer. I do it when I have total free time. So it's just so interesting seeing that guy, seeing the guy making the, the beats, you know, and looking at just how meticulous he is about it, you know, about what everyone does, what how everyone says everything. Because I just felt that when he was doing the NWA stuff, it was really at the behest of Eze. So he had freedom, but freedom to a degree. And I, I still feel like if it was under duress, so it's not really only a case of like, oh, okay, he um. Because he was doing his own album, as you said, or he 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 was able to infuse that his um synthesizer background into the stuff. But I just felt that without Easy E, there where this is okay. No, this is now this is not a group anymore. This is now my album. I'm the guy mm. now. You know, I'm because really Easy was really the boss, really, and everybody sort of looked up to him because he was the guy that was out there that everyone likes. He was the cool guy, so everyone looked up to him. But now, on this album, it was really him being the boss, being himself. So this is where he could really flex his muscles as a producer one thing i want to ask i don't know that you know so we all know that he doesn't write he doesn't write his rhymes which look who, the, I, that, that, that's not a big deal so who wrote his rhymes for this album um probably snoop if i had to guess but oh. I, I i i don't know oh, no because I, I, I was going to say ice cube but no i think at this point him and ice cube are not really yeah I don't, I don't know, think because... they were getting along at, at this point. Um, but we, we, we could look at perhaps the personnel and see who got writing credits. Mm -hmm. um, so Snoop Dogg's uh, in a lot of the writing credits. Um, the DOC is in a, some of the writing credits. So I would say that Dre probably had some input on his lyrics. Let's not say that he doesn't write anything. Mm. And I think Snoop was probably like the main... Ghostwriter, if you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what was going to or, say? Or who knows? Maybe he had bars left over from like Cube back in the day. Probably. He's going to recycle them. What was I going to say? See, see, for me, the, the thing about this album, and I think it's sort of keeping it in tune with the whole What's Classic mm. series. And I think we'll probably get to Kanye West because I believe that. Um, because we're talking about rap, it's just it's just not enough for the beats to be amazing. And I think for me, like what makes a great track or what makes a great album is the kind of balance of the musical production and the rapping and the rapping quality. So let me ask you this though. Just as a general thing, then we'll maybe get more into chronic um specifically would you say dr dre is a good rap how good of a rap would you say dr dre is that let's just say ignore whether he writes his lyrics or not just based on just in a vacuum you just hear him rap how good of a rap would you say that he is who are we comparing him to like are we comparing him to like biggie or are we comparing him to me 
just like if if you're comparing Dr. Dre to me, then he's a great rapper. If oh, you're no, comparing no, 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 no. him, in, no, let, let me land. Let me land. Let me land. If, <laughs> if 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 you're comparing him to the great rappers, if we're really trying to figure out like what's classic, and we're using the scale of like Biggie, Nas, Snoop, even to a point, like he's not that great. He's like a mediocre rapper, but he gets the job done. Mm. So yeah, it's, I would say that. Yeah, it's not so mediocre rapper because again, I'm. I just asked, like, how good of is he as a rapper in rap? So let's just not say, oh, well, he's better than Gadon. Just in rap, how good of he <laughs> Mediocre. So He's better than us, but that's not saying much. Yeah, but, but what does that say? Look, 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 the last time I, I rapped, I was a teenager. So, <laughs> um, and that's where we get the argument with this, because for me, I think that's amazing production. Snoop Dogg, as soon as you hear me, like, no, this, this, this is a star. This is a this is a complete star, and of course we'll get to what the guy did did on Doggy Style. I think the other rappers that come, I think RBX, you know, um, the DOC, all those guys, boom. And as you said, he Doctor Dre does the job. He does do the job, but you can tell that he just doesn't have the same kind of execution, rapping wise, as the other guys. And I think what you have is, you see, for instance, let's say that there weren't a lot of features and maybe Snoop Dogg or he maybe had like out of 10 tracks, maybe three of the tracks only had features and the rest were just him by himself. I don't know whether that would work better and expose him more or that would perhaps be a lot better because you'd be more used to him as a rapper. But when you put him on the same track with a Snoop Dogg and you're hearing how Snoop Dogg is like, whoa, what the? You know, it sort of really shows the unbalancing kind of quality between. Yeah, it's like, it's like, because there's so many features with this Snoop, there's a lot of features, there's corrupt Warren G. Like, there's so many great rappers on this record it's like it's, it's like if you threw me on a pitch with like chelsea or real madrid mm. it's like this guy what why is he here <laughs> it's like you know, who who is this guy like Look, he's man, kind don't, of hiding don't, don't in, in, in the 11 that, you know so you know what i mean so yeah so for for me um dr dre's like a semi-professional footballer that's yeah. playing for Real Madrid, but he's like really good at tactics. So he's the one. Like, yeah, he's like, like what is everyone? Yeah, so you can see. Yeah, so so for me, that's why. Um, so he said that's just on on one side. That maybe that's something we'll sort of get into. Is that can we call this a classic? Where the because weird because look. So my thing is okay. Can you call this a classic where the main rapper is a mediocre rapper, but at the same time. He has so many features. He doesn't. It doesn't seem as if he's really the main rapper because this actually feels. This almost feels like if it's like a double act, like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg are like the two double acts of the. Because Snoop is in so many of the tracks that it doesn't really feel like if it's a Dr. Dre album by himself because Snoop is in so many of the tracks. So when you just take it as that, you're like, well, it's pretty good because you know Dr. Dre is being helped up and embellished and wrapped in cotton wool by Snoop and all the other features and everything. Um, Do you know how, like, maybe DJ Khaled, like, <laughs> he, he like, releases albums, but he's yeah. never in the album? Yeah, 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 yeah. What if all the songs on a DJ Khaled album were, like, classic records, but it was a DJ Khaled album? 
could we still consider it classic? Like, I think if the songs are good, then it could just be classic. I don't like who compiled oh, no, no, yeah, it no, for, and for, like who who put it together. I don't really mind that much. But how much does, does DJ Khaled rap on them though? It's like zero. He, he raps on them zero. He just he's like a good facilitator. He puts people in the right positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they do it. I don't I don't think he has a classic, but that's the first person that came to mind of like yeah. somebody who doesn't do anything. Dr. Dre, at least, yo, I found Snoop Dogg. I put him on my album. Um, I created all of the tracks, like mm. all the production is me. Like at least he's doing something. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and he's not he's a mediocre rapper, but he's not terrible. Oh no, 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 no. He's so I never like he is not a bad rapper. Like as you see, the word he used is great, mediocre. Like he does the, the job. If you do the job, you're not bad. Okay. Um, so you don't like Gucci, Gucci Mane or someone like that. So um Hey, 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 easy, 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 easy. Oh, Gucci, okay, okay, right. <laughs> hey, Gucci Mane is amazing, man. The guy, the guy, the guy's a hey, go to. He's man. a clone yeah. at this point, but it's okay. Oh, yeah, true. I'm point. kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, he's tier one. Gucci Mane, I, I love you, man. Um, so let's, so. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> so let's talk about the content of the album. And I think that's something that strikes, because I think, you know, whenever we, you, it's very important, and this doesn't excuse anything, but it is always very important to look at the year that an album came out because it's very easy for us to sort of point fingers and be like, oh my gosh, this is so messed up and everything. But 10 years ago, was was different. different time. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm so sorry. 10, 10 years ago, society was different. Early 2000s, society was different. The 90s. So you can trust me, in like 10, 15 years' time, People will look back and be like, man, why were you guys so obsessed with bloody selfies and bloody tweets and retweets and and, and all this kind of stuff? People will like laugh at the whole selfie era that, that, that we've been living in. But as of right now, it's not the very cool thing to do to do a selfie, likes, Instagram, Instagram models and everything. You see, this is something that I think even me growing up, I always knew that, okay, so you rap. And this is something that you had an a, a really issue with, which is how they view on one, one woman and the misogyny and things that were being said. Because I don't know what the, what, the, what the track is. There's one track that's like, I mean, this is like bloody hell, man. I mean, like if you release this now, like your <laughs> your career is ended five times over. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, so uh, are we allowed to swear on this? Um, in moder in moderation, but yeah, I mean, but so like when you have tracks like these nuts mm. and bitches ain't shit. <laughs> I mean, the last track, the you know how we talked about like Elmatic, how like it closes with like it ain't hard <laughs> to tell, and it's like the most fantastic closing <laughs> record. When you get to like bitches ain't shit, and the problem is, could you imagine listening to this for the first time in '92? Mm. Like that's an amazing song. All things told, like the rap is good, the beat's good, but they're gonna have you saying bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks lick on these nuts and suck the dick. I'm like, you, you listen to that and it's damn near 2020. It's just like, uh, why do I like this? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, no, it's like, I mean, that's why, for instance, you're like, putting me in a bad position, Jay. Yeah. I like this, but I shouldn't, you know. No, no, but, but it's, it's, it's it's one of those things of where, like, okay, for instance, like. It, it depends on your mindset because when you first you see, like, for instance, when I when you first listened to that stuff, and when I was listening to that stuff growing up, these kinds of tracks, it didn't really fully register to me what 
the rappers were saying. I just looked at it in a, in a very musical sense. So it wasn't really fully registering of like, okay, what are these guys really saying? I was like, oh man, look, okay, nice rapping, nice musical. Okay. Sonically, it's cool. But I think when you now get a bit older, you have more life experience and you're now really properly um, channeling the contents and the words, then it hits you in a in a in a much different way. And the thing about this is that look, it's 1992. That was a very different time. Rap was still in its infancy. You know, and rap wasn't very kind of exposed to society. I mean, even for, even for, for let's look at society in the early nineties. Are you going to tell me that there hasn't been a huge seismic change with regards to women in society in the early nineties compared to twenty nineteen? Like hashtag Me Too wasn't even a flipping concept in nineteen ninety two. You know, yeah, no, I'm just looking at other records I hear. There's lyrical gangbang. Right. Wow. Uh, and then and then track 13, the doctor's office, like the skit where he's like having sex with someone in his oh, office. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was just, they're trying to see the doctor boys having sex with them. Um... <laughs> I'm like, you, you, you couldn't release this album today and be no way, okay. Like, you could impossible. try, you could try, but, but you know, it wouldn't work. Um, but, but, but the thing also, was... also, also, an interesting this, this is something interesting that I don't think we sometimes consider. I'm pretty sure people then had a problem with it. I'm pretty sure if you ask women then, mm. they had a problem with it. Some might not have, um, and some were probably listening to it just like everyone else. But like, it's not like we just got woke now. So I mm. do want to give credit to the people in that in that time that were like, this is wrong, mm. and it's clearly wrong. Um, but that being said, like, this is coming from a particular place with a particular energy. And this was real life for some people at the time. So the fact that it's put on wax and we can listen to it now, it's cool. Like <clears throat> people, people grow. I'm pretty sure Dre wouldn't put this out now. Mm. You know, I'm pretty sure Snoop wouldn't rap those bars now. But you know, that was what 19, 18 years ago. Yeah. So, it was... and also, what is interesting though is that look, I think the beauty about rap is. It's the only genre where you can really get an honest insight into someone's psyche. I think when you look at uh, whether it's country music, rock music, pop music, folk music, the musicalness of it with the singing and so stuff sort of detracts you from having like an understanding of where someone is coming from. But rap is like, as I said, it's 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 spoken word, it's poetry. So mm. there is a there is a greater intimacy in so the words that people are saying. So when so rather than saying, my gosh, man, look at how misogynistic these people are, it's like, okay, why do guys think like this? Yes. This is why these guys are thinking like this. So rather than just like chastising and say, okay, where how has it got to a point where this is how guys are viewing women. What is the reasoning behind this? So that's where you can now get a bit scientific into it as why are guys, because again, rap is all about, this is our experiences. We're not trying to make things up to an extent, but we're really trying to put our experiences on wax. And, you know, and the, uh, out there. I, I looked up the, just the Wikipedia page, it's like a baseline of the mm -hmm. lyrics. And this is, this is a quote from Snoop. He said, my raps are incidents where either I saw it happen to one of my close homies or I know about it just from being in the ghetto. I can't rap about something I don't know. Mm. You'll never hear me rapping about no bachelor's degree. 
It's only what I know, and that's the street life. It's all day, it's it's all everyday life, reality. So if that's your reality, if that was the reality in 1992, which it wouldn't surprise me in oh, like sure. Compton in like some hood in, in, in LA, then there you have it. Like if that was if that's your circle, then that's what it's gonna be. That was the during the whole that was around the Rodney King time thing. So I mean, yeah, yeah but like this this is also like you you people have different perspectives even at the same time so you, obviously this is new york but like at the same time tribe called quest were, was releasing the low end theory and midnight marauders at the same time so like uplifting kind of like cool backpack rap if you will so like not everybody was living that experience but this is the album that we're talking about that had this that has mm. this experience so we, we got to talk about it in some way um so what's next um, standout tracks. I think for me, like really, basically the main for me, like because I basically I remember when this music video. This was my first exposure to mm -hmm. Dr. Dre and Snoop because I remember um, I was this was when I was still living in Nigeria and obviously we we, we, used, to, we used to get MTV when we were in Nigeria and and so forth, and obviously nothing but a G thing. And you see, for us, the first time we'd hear a track was through music videos. I mean, do you know how sick this is? Off a tangent, but still the same thing. How sad is it? I look at all these kids now, and you now sort of have to now sort of go onto YouTube and go through Vivo to look at the latest music videos. Most music videos aren't even very good because people don't care about music videos back then. Back growing up, for me, just turn on MTV when MTV actually showed music videos throughout the entire day. And you just sit down and just wait and say, oh my gosh, Thingy has a, a new track. And the first thing you'd hear a new track from a new artist was their music video. And that's what, mm. how you'd be introduced to their new track, which was such an exciting way of viewing it by just sitting down, okay, okay, blah, blah. I've seen this music video before. What's this, what's this? Boom. Like even, I even remember a, a time, I don't know whether you would remember, like when um, Nirvana brought out um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. I swear to you, that music video was played at least 60 times every single day. Almost every other music video was smells like Teen Spirit. I was like, this I've never seen a music video on rotation like that. But just like that, that whole era of like sitting down and just watching music videos for the whole day, that's gone. You know, which is which is so unfortunate. But yeah. So I remember in Nigeria doing this, and I was like, Mike, wait, wait, why are they having a barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> because like it's basically because i was confused i said so wait a minute i know these are rappers but first of all the production doesn't make any sense because they're in the hood but why, do, why does it sound why does the music sound like that and why they're having a, a barbecue so there were so many and as a junk i just i just do not understand all of the different dimensions of like wait a minute isn't the hood supposed to be like you know that movie i saw boys in the hood and guns and boom boom we're trying to be tough and cool so they're in the hood in LA that I've been shown through Hollywood films is a certain way, but the music is very chill, it's very relaxing, and they're having a barbecue. So, and that is just what, and that was just such an interesting mesh of kind of contradictions as to like the image you're expecting isn't really what you're fully getting, you know? And I think what makes the song so good is that. It's a perfect blend of like the kind of vibe of hip hop rap, especially from LA, but 
but there's a very there's a great relaxation about it you know it, it, it can only it can almost be put in 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 the kind of chill out section or genre of like your spotify or or your title so yeah like i mean just, like see that's this track just perfectly exemplifies what the album's about and what Dre was trying to um create the vibe he was trying to create on the album mm. yeah, yeah. I, I i always like when i think of that track it's always one two three it's a the folks snoop doggy doggy dr j is at the door like snoop uh, <laughs> Maybe we can have a larger discussion just on Snoop later. Oh, no, no, but no. Just, yeah, like it's his voice and just the way he sounded on these records was just amazing. Like, what, whatever kind of difficulties Dr. Dre had rapping, Snoop Dogg more than made up for it. Like, he is the breakout star of this album. So, that yeah, no, no, it's thing. like that, that record is like quintessential Snoop. Oh, you know, no, 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 I think no, again, which, which is why. <sighs> Again, again, it goes back to, to 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 Dre because it's like this is where you knew that Dre like, and that's and 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 this is always a key thing in life. Know your talents, know your limits, know your role, know your role. It's like Dre from the get go, he never tried to be a rapper. You see, I think Puff Daddy really wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I think he really wanted to be a rapper, and I think he really, he really, he really pushed it. But I think once he once he he reached his limits very early and he was like, all right, I think this is this is enough now. I think for Dre, he always knew that I'm a producer, I'm not a rapper. I think it was even I think it was Easy E that pushed him to rap, or someone else pushed him to rap. He didn't actually want to rap, but someone actually pushed him to to do the rapping. So I think for Dre, it was like, you know what, I'm just gonna just do the rapping because I just think it'll be cool just to it'll be a and this is this is even him the kind of orchestrator thinking. I think in his mind, rather than his ego saying I should rap, I think that in his mind he thought that thematically it would actually work if I rapped, if they knew that the producer also rapped. I mean, how many before Dre, how many producers rapped? Remember, the DJ DJed, the rapper rapped, and that was it. The guy who made the, the tracks never rapped. So sure. maybe I'm wrong, but this might be the first time where the producer was also rapping as well, extensively. Yeah, like when, like when you said uh, something about Diddy, it reminded me like this 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 album came out on Def Records, so mm. I think we gotta kind of acknowledge uh, Suge Knight in a way. Yeah. But <laughs> when he was like, to all you artists out there who don't want to be on a record label, where the executive producers all up in the video, all on the records dancing, <laughs> they come to Def Records like. It, it is kind of like that thing of like Dr. J was cool, just kind of I, I think in kind of like a kind of like a ghetto Quincy Jones or whatever it is, just like I'm here to make the best music possible. If that hmm. means I have to rap, then fine. Yes, um, yes. If, if, if that means that Stoop Dog gets to shine, then fine. But I'm here to make the best music possible, which is why I think people consider this record a classic. If it was just Dr. Dre trying to prove that he was a rapper, as we said, it wouldn't have worked. Hmm. But the fact that he knew his limitations and then could find people to elevate the production, because mm. because maybe he was thinking like, I have great beats, but I need great rappers to go with this. Yeah. Because because he must have known like I'm not the greatest rapper, so how do I how do I elevate this music or how do I make sure that the rapping and the music is on the same level? Mm. Let me get Stu. Let me get Warren. Let me get X Y Z. And they came on and they did that thing. So um, <laughs> just, put it this way. If he hadn't had found Snoop, 
and it was him and the rappers they had, this this album wouldn't work. <laughs> like Snoop was essential to this album. Yeah. Like, es- like the beats, amazing beats, you know, completely revolutionary beats. But I think sort of like the icing on the cake, the kind of like magic sauce, the key ingredients was Snoop. Yeah, his, his voice, like the way it skips on the beat, it's just no, just even the like, so like, like, pocket, we'll, flows just no, no, I, mean, I mean, look, we'll get to doggy style, but I will stand by this claim that Snoop has the best natural flow in rap of all time, just based on flow. For me, I said it's between him and Biggie, but I would argue that Snoop probably has the best flow in rap of all time. I like, was thinking, Biggie, flows, I was thinking like, maybe pun, but yeah, no, no. It's close. No, 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 no. I mean, no, see, see, pun is like because a lot of words and technicalities are just based on just flow and just how he effortlessly just dances through. Eminem, uh, Eminem. No. <laughs> Who? What? Excuse me. Who? Man, no, 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 no. Please. Guys, sorry for any Eminem fans out there. I'm, let, I'm just letting you know right now. We will not. We will not be doing an Eminem album. I'm sorry. <laughs> Break for you when we're not doing an Eminem album. You know, no, actually, like I, I listened to the first Eminem record, like the very first one. Mm. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not. It's actually. It's. I wouldn't call it classic, but it's not wait, that wait, bad. Wait, wait, oh, you mean the Slim Shady LP? No, no, no. The the one before that. Oh, Infinite, Infinite, In, Infinite. Yeah, yeah, I listened to that. It's actually. It's not that bad. Like mm. I actually kind of like it. All right, boys. Um, but yeah. I, I was. It was a joke. Yeah, you know, no, 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 yeah, I mean, sounds, no, no. Sounds, he, he sounds quite robotic. So yeah, it's like um, Snoop, like, Snoop does it. Snoop oh. said, like you don't do you, have you ever heard just Snoop Dogg talk? Yeah, he well, talks. Actually. He talks in rhyme. Like it, he's just, he's an interesting guy, man. You know, that's why, yeah. like, he's even when you hear him freestyle, it is so effortless. And I think because he talks in rhyme, it is you know you know how guys like when you ask them to freestyle, they sort of have to get into a freestyle state of mind. Mm. Or because how Snoop talks, as you say, he almost talks in rhyme and talks like if he's flowing. When he freestyles, it's not it's not it's actually not that far removed from how he actually talks. Yeah, so it just it makes it that effortless because yeah, that's just who he is. Like he's just one of those guys. Um, so that was nothing but a G thing. I I, I need to watch the video again because I don't have a reference for the video really. I think I might have seen it like once or twice. Oh my god, I, that's you no know, for me. Probably. Is it, well, is, is is that the one where there's like a huge, there's like a barbecue there in front of a house. There's like a yeah, huge yeah, yeah, party yeah. And the CC Snoop Dogg right. has, and they're just like going through like it's pretty, it's yeah, pretty much yeah. all outside. It's it's all yeah, outside, yeah. and you're just seeing like guys hanging around the picnic barbecue and all that kind of stuff. But you see, like for me, I see that's probably this. See that's video and maybe um the. Dr. Dre Tupac video where um I forgot the song where it's like Mad Max like apocalyptic. uh California love yeah 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 California. I would say the two most iconic music videos of all time sorry yeah the two yeah no sorry the two most iconic rap music videos of all time but nothing but a G thing like it's just an iconic music video iconic um because when you just think of a song and a vibe going very well with the visuals because they're one of the music videos where the visuals don't actually match what the song is but the music video for this one thing perfectly matched this the the sun and i see it's for me because i don't know what other tracks you're going to bring out i feel that 
Nothing but a G thing was a stand. <laughs> why, why, why are you laughing? <laughs> oh God, because you, you said like uh, the music videos that match the, the, the vibe of the track and I thought a Nelly tip drill. <laughs> I've not actually seen the music. And a Nelly tip you, drill. Are, you haven't seen Nelly's tip drill? No. <laughs> a, a, a BET uncut classic. I used to stay up late at night just so, you know, I was 13, 14, just so I could watch, you know, BET uncut. It's it's a, it's a, it's another one of those, like, so this is what we were thinking of women back in the day? Like, okay. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, that Nelly tip drill matches the vibe of the song quite well. Uh, but, you know. Oh, oh, well, think... well, well, basically, a, a guy on the live chat just said that he's, he thinks whatever Snoop is smoking gives him the ability to rhyme whatever he's saying. You know what? I I, I was going to bring up that the first record is called The Chronic, and we should probably... The record is called The Chronic. Yeah, the yeah. first song is called The Chronic. The album art is Rolling Papers. So we probably need to talk a little bit about the first record, right? Just the intro. Like... It gives you that kind of G funk electro. I don't know. It's like it's like Dr. Dre was like George Clinton. If you know anything about Parliament Funkadelic, those kind of things, like that's what that was. So that the first record is it always stands out to me, and I think we've talked about this over the over the albums that we've done. Like it kind of sets the tempo. So it gives you what the what the album's gonna sound like. It introduces you to Snoop Dogg right off the bat. You're like, who is this? This isn't Dre. And he's just kind of talking all just gangsta, I guess. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I do want to acknowledge that. Um, so, all right, maybe this is a like a side conversation. Do you smoke or have you ever smoked? No. See, I've I've, I've never smoked weed. Like, I'm a, I'm a square that way. Um, never in no, my no, life. But, 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 so. but do, do you know why? And I, this is what I say, because people always ask me this. I'm like, you see, I have a very addictive personality. Same. And I know that. The moment I smoke and I like it, I'll be very addicted to it, and it would it would, it would really mess me up. Because I remember, like, there's certain times where I came close to smoking. I said something that if I start this, I wouldn't be able to. Same same reason why I never really gamble. Because if I really get into gambling, it's I just know that I'll be addicted to it. Especially if I if I was to win, I'll be I'd I'd be screwed. I'd be screwed. You know, we we have similar personalities in the way. I remember I put like twenty dollars on a gambling website. And I lost more money, and I was like, "Never again," because like I wanted so bad to put more money in now that I had to like email the people, but like, "Yo, delete this account." Oh, no, no, did you, did you, did you know what it was? Two thousand and six. I put five pounds on Ronaldo to be top scorer at the World Cup, based on him being top scorer in two thousand and two. Dude turned up overweight, and I think finished with like what one or two goals. Never again. Did I put it yeah, yeah, but like for weed, it's it's one of those things where like. I already have enough vices. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. Like my like my weight is something that I battle with, right? So I'm not gonna add cigarettes, weed, alcohol on top of something. Like I'm not gonna put that stuff in my body. No. Um, but if you're like Snoop, I guess, or Dr. Dre, like they're fit human beings, like you know, you might as well dabble in some some vices and see what you can create. So um we you know what Tosin would have been the perfect person to discuss this with, perhaps. <laughs> well, he ain't here, man. So, um, what's oh, oh, yeah. oh, by the way, Tosin is currently golfing right now. So, if if people that love Tosin's perspective on the podcast, he's golfing <laughs> eighteen holes somewhere in uh where where he lives. I don't want to shout out his neighborhood, but yeah, this is just from yeah. Tiger Woods. 
being being Nigel Woods or whatever. <laughs> and so, actually, but you know, um, again, this is something that um was said because again, it's interesting that how the guy brings up the whole weed thing. You know, um, like again, sort of. I use let I me mean, just use this example. Do you know that the band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I've heard of them. Never listened to the music. See, so basically, um, a lot of their fans believe that their best records were done when they were high. And once they stopped smoking and they became sort of sober, their albums were not good anymore. So could it be a case of where, like, actually being high actually helps in the creative process? I think I think it might. I think a lot of people swear by it. Just like, I'm going to roll the blood, I'm going like, to get high, and then we're just going to make some music. Like, I think... It you know it might it might be a case of if you think it helps you it helps you kind of like a placebo effect like it might not even have that big of a difference but because you think it does it does one of those but maybe it actually does I don't know but as two people who've never smoked I don't know if we're qualified to speak oh I don't know yeah no but for the basic people in the chat are having a discussion as to whether weed is addictive or not some people say <laughs> that uh, you you won't get addicted to it. Who knows? Look, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, if 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 I maybe go down into a very depressing dark hole, and yeah, look, man, give me that weed, baby. You know, <laughs> or not cocaine. I think someone mentioned cocaine. I was like, nah. I think cocaine would be a bit too much for me. Thank you. Yo, so like, do you worry about like gateway drugs and things like that? Like, oh, you started smoking weed. Now you're gonna start doing heroin and meth and shit. Like, well, no, um, I don't really worry about that because I think I'll, I'll be pretty. Sh- I'll be pretty cool in that. But you know, it's you know, you know the weird thing about weed, man. It's like. From the stories I've just heard and everything, I'm like, man, it's like, because there's so many times where I really want to unplug and just get my mind just to sort of just like zen out. And I can sometimes do that off my own back. But if there's actually like a drug that can just say, you know what, let's just just screw this world just for like a few minutes and just completely just put your mind into a whole different. See, already even me thinking that already that's pretty addictive. I say, wait. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why would I not smoke every single time? If I'm, oh, I can, I can, I can maybe chill out and unplug from the stress of this world. I'll, I'll smoke every hour. (laughs) So, you know, like I've, I've always like the only way that I'd really do drugs is if I end up in like I have chronic pain. Not to, no, no, no pun intended, but like if I had like some chronic back pain or foot pain, knee pain, arthritis, or something like that. And the doctor was like, yo, Daniel, this is some medicinal marijuana. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, obviously you'd get over the first steps of smoking for the first time. But, yeah, that, that would probably be the only way that I'd be convinced to, like, smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But that's medicinal, and I'm pretty sure, like, they do things to it to where it doesn't give you that kind of high effect. It just gives you the medicine or whatever. These guys were putting shit in the weed to get them more fucked up to make the music. So, um it is what it is. Like, it's just, the album is named for a slang term for high-grade cannabis. And its cover is a homage to zigzag rolling papers. So if anybody didn't notice, like, that's what the, the, the album art was. It's Dre looking in a mirror, and then the, the album art is, is rolling papers. So there you have it. No, um, I mean, I mean, I mean but, but then it's like, is... The, is the album about see the album is not about that but i think maybe me i think i think it's it's not thematically about that but it's perhaps musically about it if you if you, if you get what i mean yes yeah, yeah, yeah it could be it's like it's it's the underlying theme that's probably yeah, yeah. rarely mentioned you know 
It's like, oh, we did this while high. So we're telling you right now, but the stuff we talk about might not necessarily be about weed. And um, which, and also, which is what also brings in the whole, the West Coast sound and the East Coast sound. Because I think, again, look, rap was born in New York. And this was the home of New York. And I think I even remember when, um, I remember this, I think it was Outcast that were saying, <laughs> it's so funny, like, Outcasts actually felt like Outcasts, you know, in the industry because people just thought that you no know, rap should only be from the from the, from the east coast and i think even more so than the people from the west coast the people from the south found it very hard to sort of get accepted but i think the east coast had a very lyrical way of viewing rap it was very much about lyrics yeah the beats were important but it was really very much about lyrics punchlines and and so forth and the and the quality of the of the punchlines and the and the content you know but I think what this album brought was we're now sort of expanding the genre where the content is there, but it's told from a different perspective. And we're actually bringing a, in a vibe musically mm. because the East Coast never really had a. See, sorry, the best way to surprise this album is that it's a, it's a vibe. It's really a vibe. And the whole album as a whole is a, is a vibe. And I just think that. You didn't really get that. That basically, there'd be no album before this that had this sound or this feeling. I think rap albums were much more about content, 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 and about how good the rapper is and 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 what the rapper is saying. In this, it's not really about what the rapper like. I don't want to diminish the content, but let's just keep it real. It's not as if they were saying anything profound on this album. Content-wise, they were not. They're not really teaching you anything like, oh wow. Basically, there was no like KRS One. This, this isn't KRS One or Rakim, where KRS One is literally teaching you stuff track to track. <laughs> but I think what this was was about, you know, look, this is a musical genre. And in and yeah. in, in any art form, you, you can approach it from different points of view. It becomes very boring if there's only one minute way of um portraying this as for so i think what this west coast guys did and what does really you know what let's us create a sound that's a bit more musical that's a bit that that expands this and i think which is why this album is so important is it sort of took the shackles off what you could do in a hip-hop album mm. um do, are you familiar with like the bay area like oakland california those kind of areas like yeah, I haven't gone back and listened to like the early two short stuff or the early E40 stuff, mm. but I would assume like it probably had a similar kind of sound. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be sure, but I would I would just like to throw those out there. Like I'm pretty sure the Bay Area had stuff that kind of sounded like this, like oh, in no, the no. 80s. Yeah, and also like I think where you live reflects the sounds that you make. Exactly, like in like, that, like for, like for instance, like if if you look at a a Wu Tang or this kind of guys, concrete, urban jungle, <laughs> lots of cars, very close minded. Train, I was just about to make the point, like they, like the, like those guys are in hooded jackets, the yeah, flight yeah, jackets, hooded jackets. It's cold, it's winter. Cold, like then, you know, like, you know, you, you, you don't compare that to um palm trees, yeah, and um, cars, long roads, space stouts. Because again, like my brother, like he um he lived in New York, and he lived in LA, and and he prefers New York a lot more to LA. And he says like in New York, 
most of his friends are there. It's a greater communal feel. And, and there's, a, there's a much closer vibe. Everyone talks to everyone in New York. But it says in LA, it's more spaced out. People are not really as close together, a lot more in LA. And it has, has a whole different vibe. So I think the kind of vibe that Dre is getting at, you could tell that it works for a place that is sunny, that has better weather, and is more spaced out. Mm. Like, you couldn't really... So which, which is why it's so important to expand, you know, a musical genre to a different place because it's almost impossible for a Wu-Tang or a Tribe Called Quest to make an album sound like a chronic because of where they live. Because your mind wouldn't, even as a producer, your mind wouldn't think that way based on just... Because music, even if it's not words, music are words but told through notes. So the the only way that you can express yourself in an album is through experience, you know, and r- like the, the RZA, for instance, that's kind of dingy, dirty, edgy kind of stuff was reflecting what um, the, yeah, where they were at in, in, a, in a Staten Island, Brooklyn and Queens and on so forth. So, yeah, I would think like, also maybe we can talk about this a little bit. Like in mm. New York, I don't think, like car culture is as big of a deal because oh, you yeah. have subways like e- e- even how um Illmatic opens up you hear like the subway rolling like people are on buses public transport all that kind of stuff when you go to the west and even in the south like obviously we'll, we'll get to southern like a southern uh record soon but like just the way that like you want your trunk to knock like you got the 12s in the back like bass is a big thing like just the way that like yeah just like there's a more like there's more open space as you say people are driving around like uh just i i think you have to consider like who are you making the music for how are they going to listen to it all that kind of stuff so yeah i think that's kind of important to to put out as well um next standout record Mm. hmm you know you, you said like there's no like really um what, what would you say? Socially conscious records? Mm. How do you feel about, uh, what's it called? The Day the Niggas Took Over. How do you feel about that record? Huh. Um, how does that? Because I sort of listened to the album just in one go several times. So I already wasn't, because again, like, I was really picking onto the M tracks. Um, how does that? Wait, wait, so, so, how does it go again? So it's, it starts off. It starts off with like, um, if you ain't down for the Africans here in America, oh, point okay, blank yeah, period. Yeah, 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 if you ain't down for the ones that suffered in South yeah. Africa from apartheid and shit, damn it, you need to stop your punk ass to the. You need to step your punk ass to the side mm-hmm. and let us brothers and us Africans step in and start putting some foot in that ass. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, and the the hook is got my finger on the trigger. Some niggas on the wire, but I'm living in the city, so it's do or die. Like. I think they tried a little bit. There we go. They tried. But <laughs> like, 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 even there's there's like a KRS one sample in here. So eh? I'm saying, like, they tried to make a socially conscious record in like a hood way, you mm. know, like, like, Im- imagining that black people took over. Yeah, but I wouldn't see. I still wouldn't call it a socially conscious track. I think that. <laughs> It's obviously them. It's obviously a bunch of young guys trying, obviously, to be socially conscious. But I just don't think that it was really their 
I think it's a bit difficult to like call anything socially conscious after we did black on both sides. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, but I, I think again, it's like, for instance, you brought up Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Different people, different ex- experiences, different ways of thinking. Like, um, what's it called? Five Dog and um, Q-Tip were pretty, pretty, pretty much around the same age as Dre at the time. Like, I think they're all pretty much in the same kind of age age group. But, you know, like, <laughs> trust me, there were there were 17-year-olds that were very different from other 17-year-olds. Like, when I was growing up, even when everyone was 16, there are 16-year-olds that are brain-dead. All the 16-year-olds that are very socially conscious, all the 16-year-olds that are far wiser than than their own years so again it's like this not to say oh no these guys are just like completely branded people no it's like i just think it's obviously being black especially at that time at the very base foundation level you have to have some social consciousness because you're just forced to mm-hmm. you know it's not like in 2019 where it's sort of like fake woke you know in, in, in a sense like back then like just based off just how the kind of things that were happening because what's called this was wasn't um Mandela was released in '94? Yep. Yeah. So he was still in, in prison at this time. And remember, this was this has been now become an international thing. So the fact that you have guys in the West Coast talking about a guy imprisoned in South Africa, thousands of miles away, showed you just how important that Mandela thing was. Wait, 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 was, wait, wait, wait. Re- was was Mandela was president in '94? When was he released? Or was he president the same year he was released? I don't know. Look, we have to look this up. I'm pretty sure he was released in '94 because I remember no, that. No, 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 no. He was he was president in '94. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Mm-mm. Mandela immersed himself in official talks to end white rule, and in 1991 was elected ANC president to replace his ailing friend Tambo. 1990, 1990. He was released from its gates. I think he's talking about uh, some prison. In February 1990, so he was president in '94, but he was released in February 1990. There you go. Wait, wait, South wait, African wait. education for no, you. No, 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 no. Sorry. Okay. So, 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 wait, so, so, okay. But before I get back to you, I've, I've got to respond to this. Um, dude, someone said KRS One is boring. What? <laughs> Bro, I'm sorry, man. Like, I. I know that you may be a subscriber or anything like that, but I'm sorry, that cannot hold. KRS One is one of the most important, influential, and personally for me, one of my most personally influential rappers, personally for me in my life. So you saying he's boring? Nah, nah, nah. That can't slide, bro. Have hope, have hope. Like, let's be honest. If you're under the age of, let's say, 25. No, I don't care. No, no, no excuse. No, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care whether you've just been born. I don't care. You can't say that. Like, if 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 you aren't used to listening to rap that's from the '80s, like I could see how someone could call it boring. Like, it's it's disrespectful to call it boring because of what it means and what it meant. But I I I wouldn't say like that's a off base message, especially because I'm assuming this person is probably of a certain age. Like, I get it. Well, I don't agree. But oh, I get so, it. So, okay, so um, please back to Mandela. So when was he released? 1990. Oh, the year of my birth. Oh, so yeah, he was he was released from prison in 1990, and then elected president in 1994. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right, so all he right. had that gap because I was like, "There's no way he got out of prison and became president in the yeah. same year." Like, so were they voting for the guy in prison? Like, nah. <laughs> 
Shout out, shout out Julius Malima, by the way. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> shout out Juju. Okay, yeah, yeah, so uh, next record, I'll, I'll I'll let you take the next record. We could probably do like two more records that stand out. And then no, 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 for me, like I'll be real. I'll, I'll be real with you. Um, I think nothing but a G thing is really the one that really stands out for me. Like basically, put it this way. Nothing but a G thing for me is the real standouts record, real standouts track. But I think the album as a whole has a very nice similar vibe to it where you can listen to it like seamlessly in one. But I think as far as a track does like, oh, wow, this is a track that really jumps out at me. I think I can only really say nothing but a G thing. But, so I... but, that, but, but that doesn't mean I can't call it a classic. Like you, you can't... You don't have to have put it this way. If let's say you have one standard track, even no standard tracks, you can still be a classic album. So you you don't have to be a classic album and have to have like three, four, five standard tracks. No, you know. So you know, as as much as we kind of um called Dr. Dre not a great rapper, mm. my favorite track on this album is "Let Me Rise." Why so? Just I love the beat. I love the beat. And like like we've kind of pointed out, his his rapping isn't that bad. And I I like hearing like his voice isn't bad. It's just like more the flow and things like that. Like I and I I'm pretty sure Snoop wrote these lyrics. But that's that's let me, that's let me, let me, let me grab my headphones, man. Just yeah, yeah. Dramatize yeah, my I like it. I I like that record. So that's probably oh and and uh, little ghetto boy. I love that record as well. Um, the rest of them. Like, I I could really imagine if you're like a white kid, or just like just like don't be racist. No, no, no. Like we know who's buying records in the '90s. Um, it wasn't necessarily black people. So could you imagine like you're a 16 year old kid from the suburbs, and someone says, "Yo, have you heard the Chronic?" And they have songs like "These Nuts" and "Bitches Ain't Shit." Like, oh, so this is how this is how black people are living X Y Z. Like, I could imagine this is probably why records like this probably blew up. Cause you were trying to be kind of subversive and rebel against your parents in some way, like that. To to, to me, that's like the market for this kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> Which is why I feel like this record probably is considered cl more classic. Because like the record, these nuts, like are, are, were black people really feeling records like these nuts, or was this like a consumer who's like not used to the area? That's just like, ooh, this is interesting. You know, it, 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 you feel me? Like, mm -mm -mm. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just looking at the names of the records again. Like, <laughs> lyrical get bang, bang, gang, a nigga with a gun, little ghetto boy, the day the niggas took over, fuck with Dre Day. Like, they're swearing in the titles. Like, <laughs> the Roach, stranded on death row, like. I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to no, put my no, mind in it. No, but but you raise a very interesting point. That is this a bigger deal for African Americans or a bigger deal for white Americans? This album. I don't know. I'm gonna answer that. It's a, it's a tough question. I'm just trying to put my mind into the consumer of someone in 1992. Mm. And for me, I'm guessing more most of the consumers, just based on population numbers and demographic numbers, are like white middle aged like. 16 to 25 like high mm. school college age who are being exposed to 
what Dr. Dre is offering from the West Coast and being like, oh, this is interesting and subversive. And because you see, you see, what's interesting though is how well was this album received at the time on the East Coast? That's an interesting question. That's a very interesting question because for me, remember by 92, Keras One had released, Rakim had released, Tropical Quest had already come out already. Um, so you had, and that was the thing, and those guys were known as these are the, the lyrical guys. So just this album, the sound, the whole thing, and especially, and even, you know, these knots, the skits, and so forth, <laughs> would the East Coast have viewed it as, oh, wait, what is this? This is just, this is just pretty thin, you know, the content. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, 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 I could imagine people being quite on the East Coast, being quite highbrow about yeah. it. Like we, like, like we rap about real stuff. Like our music is like boom bapish, and yeah, mm -hmm. it's probably it's it's some of the reason why I think New York rap kind of stalled out once you got to like two thousand three, because everybody just wanted to be just like the old school. You know what I mean? Like like there was yeah. like very little progression because they were stuck in their ways. No, so no, I, but I could imagine them looking at this like ugh. Like what is this lowbrow mm. bitches ain't shit, huh? Like but, but, we but, 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 over here, you know what I mean? But, but, you know what's interesting is like even whenever like I I think of like you know people okay name your top five rappers or top four rappers and everything, and I just name them, I then take a step back and say wait a minute, all the rappers I named are all from New New York, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was like, "What does that say?" Because that's so ironic. Because that's because just... we that's 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 because we appreciate the lyricism of it all. But you know, why New so York? Like, once... It's like it's such a wide world. Why does it have to be just this city? <laughs> because because it, it it originated in New York, Bronx to be specific. So that is what it is. Like you have Jay, you have Nas, you have Biggie, Rakim. That's three. Of, that's that's three of your top five already gone. Mm. And then who are the other two? You're gonna bring up Scarface. You're gonna get bring me Snoop. You're gonna bring me Karis Common. Yeah, who, who are you gonna bring me? Probably somebody else from New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. You, no, no, no. I, I think you can bring me Ghostface. You know what I'm saying? You can... No, no, but it is interesting. Though, as in saying, like, as in how would this have been viewed? Because I think that's why, like, you know, when we now talk about the impact of this album, is like people still talk about Chronic a lot. And I think for me, I think this. Listen to it now. I this is definitely a better album than 2001, and this is still definitely his best album. But I think that it's probably been more revered as the years have, have gone by because I think, like, at the time, I don't think people, especially in the east coast, viewed this as that much of a big deal. I think it was big based off how popular NWA was, and I think that's why we now bring in like white America. I think because NWA was such a massive group, I think. The world international, I think white America really sort of fell in love with this because it was a very good kind of cousin to what NWA was. But I think on the East Coast, they would have like, well, this is so far removed from what we're doing. It's like, nah, this isn't this isn't really rap, 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 you know. And it's like, yeah, this dude can't even rap as well as all of us, you know. And yeah, he's he's got this really good, talented 18-year-old. But yeah, but yeah, this guy produces some interesting stuff, but like this guy can rap as good as us. But I think as years have gone by. And the South has come up, Detroit has come up, and so, and so forth. And New York has sort of sort of lost its way. People have now gone back and now seen just how important this album was. Because look mm -hmm. at how Dr. Dre is arguably one of the most influential people in in hip hop. 
you know, and that sound has pretty much because when you look at when you when you look at um, the next episode, still the DRE, these are direct evolutions from the Chronic, and those mm. are two of the biggest hip hop tracks of all time. So I think like New York just never really, you see, and that's and that's the danger. That's the danger. New York never really truly evolved. Whereas Dr. Dre and the West Coast, they evolved. But Dr. Dre specifically evolved. I mean, am I wrong in saying that? Or am I am I off base there? Or I don't I think that would be up to people's own interpretation of like what they hear in the music. I think like some people could argue that New York has devolved instead of evolved. Like you have people like designer from Brooklyn trying to sound like they're from Atlanta. So I mean like <laughs> I, mean, I mean like Joy 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 Badass is literally the only New York guy that would yeah, say like 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 yeah, ASAP not... Rocky's from, from Harlem and he sounds like he's from Houston. So so you could make an argument that they're evolving, but not in a way that you would have thought if you listened to records in ninety-two. I also want to point out, I saw someone say that I said black people weren't buying records. Like black people were buying records, but this album sold probably six million copies in the United States. Who do you think both bought most of those records? <laughs> Come on, man. Like let's let's use our braids here. I'm not saying you haven't, but like the people like if if Little Wayne sells a million records in a week, who's buying those records? Mostly white people. So that just because they're the biggest demographic in the country. It's not like a big statement, but yeah. Um, so, 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 so wait, why are people saying Jay-Z is trash, Dan? Because it's fun to say Jay-Z is trash now. Mm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> also, then, also, also, there's, also there's, you are reading a comment section up, on YouTube. Have hope. You're reading a comment section on YouTube. Oh. You, you think there's going to be really, really philosophical and wonderful comments there? Like, thank you. Thank everybody for their comments. But obviously, some people are just here to troll, right? So... Wow. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out to um ICQ Pimp. You know, um we we go way 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 back. He says that rap as a whole has devolved. You could make it. That's a solid argument. You can make that argument. Actually, okay. And also, again, this is what he said again. He said, "Where is Dr. Dre at right now?" Again, evolved into what he evolved into selling his rights for his headphones to Apple. That's what Dre evolved into. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that's very close to saying he evolved into a coon. That's very close. That's very close. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? Can we, can we have an honest conversation about Dr. Dre? What is your okay? Let's let's have it. Okay, how honest do you want us to be? As honest as we can be on these airwaves. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Um <laughs> you see. And I think this is, you know, it's in line with the chronic and so forth. Mm. Dr. Dre is extremely rich. Uh-huh. He's not rich because of the chronic. He's not rich because of 2001. He's not rich because of the beats. He's not rich because of Apple. Why is Dr. Dre extremely rich? E M I. N E M. Okay, look, look. Okay, yeah, Eminem. Look, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I lost my word. Okay, look, I messed it up. Okay, yeah, I, I, I messed it up. Um, 
So this is the day they're doing this live, bro. You <laughs> forgot how to spell so it. Like, like, I would, I would definitely basically cut that out because no, no, <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, I messed up. Um, so basically, look, um, that is why he was like, he was like, how do I spell this again? <laughs> I was like, wait, am I missing an E? Is it was that an M after an I? I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So, okay. You could have just done M and M. So because I think, anyway. because, look, because whenever we, we, we do oh, these, um, whenever we, we, we do these album reviews, we don't just look at the album, we, we look at the artist because because oh, it's, it's, it's a dissection into the artist as well. And I think that when you look at, when I look at Dr. Dre, I felt that, look, I get the whole Eminem thing. You know, you found this guy, and it was like a golden ticket. And le- and th- and this just shows you the brilliance of Dr. Dre. Without Dr. Dre, Eminem is 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 nothing. He's you're, you're just another skilled rapper. Like, and look, Eminem is he's still skilled, but a large part of the reason why Eminem, for me, I would say it's sixty forty. In Dr. Dre's favor as to why Eminem is, is that successful. 40% Eminem, 60% Dr. Dre, because those beats were so amazing. Doggy style. Like, I mean, for me, Dr. Dre, I would say it's 50 50. 50% Snoop, 50% Dre, because Snoop, like, that rapping style was just so unique, you know, that like Snoop just has a, a distinctive style that nobody could even come close to. Mm. But see, my thing, my issue with the whole Dr. Dre thing is like the optics just look really weird. It's like you've pretty much so you found this guy, this right guy, rapper, and so forth. You know, you're behind him and everything. And I and, and the, just, the thing that just robbed me the wrong way was like, Ugh, was when you look at that without me music video where he's dressed as 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 bat batman and eminem is addressed as robin and it's like <laughs> it's like it's like slapstick stuff you know and the issue that i just always have is that because again like you see when i because i was watching the um have you watched the um the netflix documentary um i've got what, what it's called it's about the hughes brothers where it looks in so um dre and um jimmy Iveen. And how they? No, I haven't seen it. Oh no! What's 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 the name of it? Do you remember? The oh name? my god, guys! If in the comments below, can you please the Netflix um documentary with Jimmy Iovine and um Doctor Dre on Netflix? If you could just put it in the comment section, what it's called, I'll um I'll be fully grateful. But yeah, is, like, it, is it is it one that looks at hip hop in its totality, or is it very specific? No, 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 no. It's, it's specifically channels um. Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine and how they grew up. Thank you, guys. Anakin Skywalker, thank you. Defiance ones. Defiance ones. Thank Defiant you. Defiant ones. Defiant okay. ones. I'll, I'll check it out. Thank yeah. you. So, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, so, um, when, because obviously, he, he basically, they, they talk about how he found Eminem and everything and how, when he picks Eminem, he said, like, yeah, man, there are a lot of, like, racist mofos because people that say, why the hell is Dr. Dre NWA chronic Snoop Dogg, why are you aligning yourself with a white rapper? You know, and I think because a lot of people's fear was that oh my gosh, they're gonna basically like whitewash rap. <laughs> you know, you're gonna bring this white, blue-eyed, blonde 
rapper Angels and they go down whitewash rap. Now that hasn't happened because because of where Eminem was from, that hasn't because and that was my fear. My fear was that Ben Kosh Eminem is just going to bring in all these white guys and just going to just white white whitewash rap. But that obviously didn't happen because obviously Eminem because most of his friends are black and everything. That's it. He just wasn't on that. But my thing about it is, which is goes to the point that Isaac Pimp was making is there's something about the whole Dr. Dre thing of where he is now that I just felt that when we look at what he did on the chronic, should he has he actually done his career justice? Has he actually truly evolved? Would you really call what he's done with Eminem? a proper progression from the chronic and nwa i mean you, you made it no you made a lot of money that's that, 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 that that's a fact but when you look at those albums that eminem has made those albums are multi-selling they don't have the same impact that the chronic made and none of them is of the quality of doggy style you know so i don't i don't, I don't know where you stand on that Oh, I just I just got a call from somebody. I'm like, oh. this is it's 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 probably like a telemarketer. Oh, okay. yeah, I, it, it it distracted me for a second. Like I don't know anyone from that particular place. But yeah, um I, look, I think Dr. Dre is a perfectionist in some ways. So the fact that he's on I think he's released three albums since nineteen ninety two. Maybe you could argue that some of his attention has been distracted by what he does with other artists and things like that. But mm. Um, if you listen to his la- his last record that he released, Compton, like it's mm. it's okay. It's it's not classic yeah, or anything like that, but it's good. I, I like um, I liked it. I mean, it's not one of his best, but I actually like some some of the beats there were very good. Yeah, I, yeah I and it's not. It's you can tell like he hasn't totally deviated from what he's what he's been like mm. uh, in terms of like the artistic value of it all. Um, although it's probably not to the same level. Oh, no, 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 which is why you you definitely have to watch the final ones because I think one of the best things about it is that it shows you just even for both of them, it shows you just Dr. Dre's. This is why it's it has taken him so long to release the Detox album. Whether it's going to be called Detox or not, I don't know. Um, because he has such crazy attention to detail. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he and he is so focused and meticulous about every album that he makes that it takes him such like hence look, he's only released um really like as far as because Compton was a soundtrack, but as far as the album album he's released two. Yeah, two. Chronic in two thousand one. Yeah, that's it. Um we're not gonna get detox ever, I don't think, by the way. No. <laughs> it's almost 2020 people have wanted this for like the past 20 years like it's, it's not happening but I de- to to the Eminem point if you see money do you not take it oh for sure for sure that's 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 kind of the premise kind of to my point of what was happening before you don't think Dr. Dre saw who was buying the records or who was just buying music in general it was like hmm you think if I could make my own Elvis that wouldn't yeah. be fantastic no, no, let's I, do it. Let's. You can't see. I don't know. Look, I mean, you like. Look, it is. It's too good to pass up. My gosh, a white rapper who looks like Eminem that can actually rap well. My lord, if if I give him the beats that I know I can, I can give him in, I am swimming in money, swimming <laughs> in cash. Like it's 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 a home run. He's white, blonde, blue eyes. He can actually rap. 
So it is not like if an Elias can actually rap and my 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 beats are going to just take him to the next level because I know that I'm, I'm going to give him that top beats. Like even he's even said in the documentary that like um when he played the my uh, my my name is my name is when he played the beats Eminem instantly Eminem like found the the um, hook and, and everything. So yeah, I mean. You can talk about integrity, must stay loyal, must try and be real. But look, as he said, look, man, if there is a lot of money to be made, and the Eminem thing was a, it was no, yeah, it was a gold man unlike any other. He is by far the best-selling rapper of all time. <laughs> yeah, Rep yeah, like I think he's the best-selling artist in the two thousands point blank period. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would, I would, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if you added up his album sales and singles and all that kind of stuff, it's probably over like eighty million, hundred million, one twenty, like somewhere and, in that neighborhood. Like, my thing is this is my thing is, is that how many people truly appreciate how important Dr. Dre is to Eminem's success? I don't think he cares. Again, I think. Whatever he needs to do in order to get the project done in the best way, he'll do it. Oh, no, 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 Whether no, no, he no. gets accolades or not. Let's put Dr. And... Dre to one side. No, no, no. Let's put Dr. Dre. No, I'm not talking about how Dr. Dre feels. I'm just say, just let's just put him to one side. I said, how many people, just in a vacuum, how many people appreciate how important Dr. Dre is to Eminem's success? Or do most people are like, no, it's it's about Eminem, the the great, amazing rapper. He's just the producer who makes the beats. And so or people just assume no way. Eminem could rap to any beat and he'd still be fully popular. Well, Infinite came out and that it's doing it. But so, because again, this goes back to a common theme that we've always had in this in a series that it doesn't matter how good a rapper you are, if the beats and the production isn't there, the song won't hit, the album won't hit. There are many amazing talented rappers out there. But they just didn't have the right speech. Like again, you, people insult me for this. I still say that at his at at, at his peak, Cannabis is the, is the greatest rapper of all time. At his peak. Oh my god. Easy, relax. Just just chill, chill. Let me talk. Let me. Talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it. At his peak, Cannabis is the greatest rapper of all time. At his peak, but his peak was very very short. But the issue Cannabis is that he never cracked. It Dr. Dre. And You're smoking thing. crack though. What? You're on crack. No, no. Um, Full blown crack. No. But go ahead. But 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 basically, number no, put it this way: you know Royce the Five Nine, the rapper. Obviously, you, you, you obviously know Royce the Five Nine, the, the rapper. That's a question. Yes, I know who Royce yeah, the Five yeah, Nine yeah, yeah. is. You know, in my view, I believe that him and Eminem are pretty much similar in talents wise. And when and when the rapper on the same track, they, they you can hardly tell them apart. And Royce the Five Nine, he actually told the story. So basically, he had a a choice. It was either. Um, go with this production house. I forgot what, what what they're called for loads of money, or take much less money and be signed by Dr. Dre. He went for more money, and he said that in hindsight, even if he doesn't he doesn't like living in regrets. I say in hindsight, he would have gone for less money and gone with Doc, Dr. Dre. But because he didn't go with Dr. Dre, he went for more money. You never really heard about him for all that time. Even if talented rapper, amazingly talented. But you went with Dr. Dre. Boris, I can guarantee you, if Royce Stephanie signed with, with Dr. Dre, he would be much more highly regarded because it's flipping Dr. Dre. <laughs> you know. Mm. So 
that is the importance of that's and I think people undervalue how important a producer is to a rapper or to an a rap album. People really undervalue the importance. People just think that's oh no, if you're an amazing rapper, you're an amazing rapper. No. Like look at Eminem in the last few years now without Doc Doc Dr. Dre. The music has been trash, complete and utter garbage. So um you know, I, so how important Dre is, you know, and his importance to hip hop and rap, and how iconic the album is. This is a good kind of segue into our next album that we're gonna do next week, I think, mm. because Tosin Tosin said he wanted to do "Get Rich or Die Trying," mm. which is Fifty Cent and how they Fifty Cent, how Dr. Dre and Eminem basically took him and were like, you know what, we're gonna make your first album. Yeah, and. According to Tosin, it may or may not be classic. To me, I think oh, it is. But, it's no, no. But, like, but we'll see. I don't know what he's smoking. Of course, that's a classic. Are you, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> so you could have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fi- fi- album. What? Fifty is another example of someone who just he made the right decision in going with Dre and Eminem oh. to an extent, um, and just kind of linking himself with those two. Um, but yeah, we will we will get into that next week. Um, all right, so Tosin's not here. But let's 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 get into these ratings, man. So if we're gonna rate the chronic one to ten, no point fives. What are you gonna give the chronic by Dr. Dre? Eight. See, I'm stuck. Like I Wait, think it's a nine. See, like personally, I, personally, it's a nine. Mm. If I'm being objective, and I, I'm ooh, see, this is an interesting one. I'm gonna give it an eight, right? Well, even though personally, it's a, even though even 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 though personally, it's a nine. Or or, but okay. What, what what am I trying to say? I have like two thoughts in my head, and I need to spit one out. If we were to rate this in terms of like, you're listening to this for the first time in 2019 with 2019 standards. What would we give this album? In terms of like in the Me Too movement in the woke era. <laughs> Mm. What is the chronic by Dr. Dre out of 10? Like, would people give this like a two or a three? Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 no. Like, like zero. Like, zero? It, in the Me Too era, zero. It, it gets zero. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how are you going to give this anything like, more than a zero? With bitches ain't shit. Like, come on, man. You can't do that. <laughs> no. Look, not, zero, not zero, zero, right. zero. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, I don't really care about the objectivity of it all. I'm gonna give this a nine. I don't care. I'm gonna give it a nine because oh, I like it. Okay. There you go. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you going from an eight to a nine? Because I feel like an eight is like it's borderline classic. I feel like nine or ten is definitely classic, and I feel like this album is classic for all the reasons that we outlined. It sets eight, the no, like no, no, no. eight can still be a classic. Like, like, look, it 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 introduces us to Snoop Dogg. It sets the mood of L.A. It revamps or bro, just kind nine, of puts it bro, you said that no points fives nine is you're saying that this thing is near per- perfect bro 10 is perfect nine is like almost perfect eight is like good so are we saying or great no 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 so, yeah, 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 yeah. eight eight is great nine is almost perfect okay perfect all right you've you've you swayed me so what is a seven good and then six is like trash. I don't think anything we'll do is like a six, though. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That's so we have good, great, 
almost class, almost perfect. Although I was perfect. close to to to, to give him food and liquor. Because if if food and liquor didn't have kick push, I'll probably give it a six. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it again the other day. It's not that bad, man. It's like no, no, no. I never said I said it was bad, but my god, unnecessarily harsh with like your rating. I think you gave it a seven. Yeah, yeah, seven. Yeah, that's rude. That's, that's very rude. Um, so you got any final comments? Um, basically, um, yeah, man. I mean, listening to the album again, man. Um, again, it's like it's it's it speaks to someone's. It's not easy. It's really not easy to create a sound, a distinctive sound. It's mm. it's 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 not easy, you know. How many producers have we had in rap? How many um, beats makers have we had for a guy to so stand out and to have such a unique sound is an incredible thing to achieve. Mm. So, for your sound to stand out amongst the thousands of beats that uh, we've had, the hundreds and hundreds of producers that we've had. I think it's an incredible thing. And I think in what you saw from the chronic was an important evolution for hip hop and sound. Because if we are just, if for instance, rap, let's say like rap could only be done in the East Coast and nobody could do rap apart from anyone in the, in the East Coast, it would truly harm it and it would become stagnant and it would become very stale. Because again, what you've seen is that the chronic, in my view, has influenced and helped other guys from the East Coast, West. As you said, people even from New York sound like people from the South or of the West. So the chronic was really the first album that really allowed rap to sort of like spread its wings and say, you know, actually, no, let's just try and really just stretch our creative limbs to really do different things with this genre. So I think it yeah, is I think it's I think it's like one one of the first. I think like NWA like straight out of Compton might have been like the first one that people were like, oh, so this is what they're doing on the West Coast. But yeah. this is like a more refined version yeah. of Dr. Dre. Way more refined. And, and 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 his overall kind of arc if you go from what he was doing with the worldwide record. What's it? I'm forgetting the name because we've talked so much. But uh yeah. I you know, I think how would you sum this record up? I think it's a record of its time, but one that you need to listen to if you want to study hip hop and why it is like it is. Mm. I think if you want to understand, like if you go back and obviously people have been going back and listening to Nipsey Hustle records and things like that. You want to go back and listen to Nipsey. You want to go back and understand Kendrick. I don't know how many records Snoop Dogg has released, but if you want to understand like why the West coast sounds like how the West coast sounds, mm. then you have to go back and listen to the chronic and be like, Oh, okay. Like this is why it is like it is. Um, so without that, we don't get Snoop, we don't get Kendrick, we don't get Nipsey, we don't get you know so many different artists and various artists that have come out. So it, I, I, we don't get Nate Dog. Could you no. imagine like no Nate Dog hooks? Ooh. Could you imagine like just no Warren G, like the Dog Pound, like none of that. So mm. yeah, I think it's it's a seminal record and certainly classic. Um, more for what it did to the culture than perhaps the music. Well, I guess the music is what affected the culture, so it's weird in that way. Um, do you know what? I'll, I'll just do you like West Coast rap, more, generally speaking, or is it more something like 
it, you you dabble in it, but you don't really love it. Because that, that's more me. Like, I'll listen to it if I have to. But oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm no. generally more like, give me try. Like, if I need jazz, I need, like, those samples and things like that. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, oh, no, for me, no, no. I, yeah, I dabble in it. Like, they're just, like, particular artists and, and so forth. But yeah. I'm not really about, yeah, nah, nah. Like, as, as, as a whole, not, not really. Um, I really, I, you know what? I, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> should. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, careful, but I don't. I don't. Careful, man. Choose, choose your words wisely. This, this is. I don't really like Bay Area rap. I don't really like the Bay Area at all. Like the E Forty stuff. Now that that to me it sounds clownish, like that the the hyphy music. I've never really liked that too much. Although too short, like too short, is funny. But Bay Area rap, I never really got into. It. Like Little B and all those kind of rappers. Like I never really got into the Bay Area. But yeah. <sighs> I wonder when we'll come back to the West Coast. I'm sure you'll nominate Doggy Style eventually. So, well, um, people in the comments that we have to we have to look at all eyes on me. So, oh, Pac, of course, man. Yeah, I forgot. We see, Pac is an interesting one because when I think of his first records, like with the Digital Underground and all that kind of stuff, he's an East Coast rapper, really, like Tupacalypse mm. Now and things like that. Like, Pac is a weird one. Baltimore, Oakland, New York, L.A. It's just all in one. So, but yeah, I, I I will definitely nominate me against the world if nobody else does. Because these guys want us to listen to double albums. You know how long All Eyes yeah, on yeah. Me is? It's like three days. Like, I don't want to listen to a three day album. But anyway, so this was Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Yep. Um, I thank you guys for listening to us just chat shit, basically. <laughs> And I will let him have a very insightful. Close out the episode, man. It's oh, your yeah, channel. Yeah. Guys, episode three is in the bag, man. You know, um, I mean, yeah. technically episode five, bro. Yeah, but they, they don't know that. So you just ruined the whole surprise. Oh, um, sorry. Episode three, episode four will be on your way soon. Um, it will either be. Food and Liquor by Lupe Fiasco or Black on Both Sides by Mos Def. So it's a surprise. <laughs> Either one of those is going to be the next episode that will be dropping um, next week. But yeah, like, but after four and five drops from henceforth, we will be doing these live. So from episode six onwards, these will all be done live. Is it Friday? Thursday, sorry. Thursday, live, Thursday night. Yep. All right. That's it, man. And yours from your boy HH. DT. Peace. Peace, peace.